the other day when I was at school, I noticed something which is becoming a more and more common occurrence. I saw a young boy walk past the water fountains that our school provides, only to continue walking towards the canteen, where he bought a bottle of water. Four dollars richer, and with the knowledge I'm helping the planet, when I'm thirsty, I always head to the water fountains. This isn't about criticising his decision, but because I am fortunate enough to have learnt a lot about the extent of our waste problem in Australia, I'm more aware of the impacts. Yet, like all of us, I rarely come across parks, cities, and even waterways that aren't littered by drink cartons, water bottles, or wrappers. And after producing this episode of POV, I was shocked about how extensive and somewhat irreversible this issue is. And for so many of us, that barely crosses our minds. This episode focuses not only on Australia's waste problem, but also the solutions, celebrating the people, the places, and the programs that are giving our country, its land, and its people hope for a greener and cleaner future. This is POV. I'm Kai Lovell. thousand bottles and cans are thrown away in our country every single minute. Yet only 56% of the glass we use gets recycled. In Australia, we've generated over 6.3 billion tonnes of plastic. And even when we recycle 9% and incinerate 12, our landfills and environments are being choked with the 4.9 billion tonnes that's left. These stats are not hidden away. And whether you walk outside or just turn on the TV, we don't have to look far for us to be able to see the real-life consequences of that data. In saying all this, I knew from the start of this episode that it was never going to be about filling the whole show with things like how many minutes it takes for Australia to create a tonne of plastic waste, or with devastating stories about seals with straws in their stomach. There are plenty of outlets for that, and they're hugely important. But what we sometimes see a lack of in mainstream media is a celebration of a revolution in our current climate. We don't see the spotlight being shone on the people and the companies and the schools and the programs that are seeing these numbers and hearing these stories and actually doing something about it, whether they are making a small impact on their own life or leading the way in our planet's well-being restoration. Whether it be around waste or any other issue plaguing today's society, a push for change has one common characteristic, a ripple effect. There is no way that one blanket solution can be pulled over every aspect of this problem. If change starts at the centre, it reverberates out. And the way it reverberates is different for every stage of that ripple. This is the key to solving problems, because these small steps, these ripples, lead to big change. Looking at the waste problem here in Australia, and now this sort of revolution that is leading the charge for change, there are three major parts to it. The first is the conscious supplier, the second is the conscious consumer, and the third is a bigger focus on education, preparing us for the future. 
What this means is that if we start at the core, which are these big companies that produce all of our products, that package them and send them our way, and turn to them for direction, we can start that ripple. That's the first part. I was lucky enough to be able to sit down with Michael Coghill from Total Green Recycling. There are two options presented to society in regards to waste disposal. The first is landfill, the seemingly cheap and easy option, and the other is recycling, the environmentally friendly but more expensive option. Total Green Recycling is a company that chooses the best solution for us and our planet. We're a specialised recycling company, Total Green Recycling. Uh, we're in our 10th year of operations. We started in our dad's garage, trying to recover copper out of electronics on the side of the road. There's three key tenants, Total Green Recycling, Total um, Technology Lifecycle Management. So we're looking at the whole technological lifecycle now, not just the end of life, which is where we started, because um, we realised the problem is really um, further up the chain. It's not about where do I take my rubbish. It's, it's actually it's far more important about what's happening across the life cycle. Uh, green is green resource regeneration. So we're, we're trying to, our vision is to um, regenerate the technical nutrients in the, in the economy. So all your non-biological nutrients, um, resources essentially that um, don't need to be mined. They can be recovered from the products that already exist. And uh, recycling, our objective with recycling is to essentially recycle technical nutrients in a circular economy. So circular economy, huge buzz term these days, um, but we're practically trying to um, you know, create that and getting away from this linear model of shipping things to China. Yeah, I mean, we literally were just picking things off the side of the road. We we're both at uni at the time um, we'd, we'd print off the, uh, the council would publish the bulk verge collection map, so which suburbs are doing bulk verge. We'd take that map, get our, our old, they had the road, <laughs> back in the day, <laughs> they had just the road map, we didn't have Google. So we had a highlighter and a road map and we'd just go mark off all the roads and we'd drive around and we'd just look for the stockpiles of things that we thought had some value. And then take it to the scrapyard. Um, and that was producing like $200 in a weekend um, and that was just beer money for while we were at uni. started in our dad's garage, we moved, we've moved the business six times in ten years because we kept getting bigger factory. Um, dad financed us in the whole time so he was working in Africa at the time in mining and uh, he got home to a house overrun with electronics because we used his shed. Not really with, it, with his permission. I think waste is, it's got a huge momentum behind it. Like purchasing decisions, and it, consumption's a lifestyle here in, here in Australia. And, and like you can choose a high consumption lifestyle or a low consumption lifestyle. I recommend a low consumption lifestyle. However, I think there's definitely a trend towards that. However, I think it's still a massive, like it's just a really small minority. So I think that we're going to just continue to see the waste per capita is just going to continue to increase. But I do think it's going to start rounding off because things like the China National Sword sent a real clear message to Australia, this can't go on. And then you've got the war on waste bringing some really good attention 
into the space and it's we're almost immediately seeing the effects knock on through the industry so then suddenly contracts are up for review there's new terms in the contracts there's, there's an immediate response and and that's really good to see so it's going to be interesting where it goes from here but i think there's still it's like you're trying to turn a massive ship with a small rudder we can shred a photocopier in like one to two minutes and yeah, we're looking to add an optical sorting technology with, it's got um, you know, machine learning and, and this sort of stuff. And that'll be able to identify colors um, and different material types. It's really fascinating stuff. That's essentially what's happening, but slowly but surely it's, it's gonna trend in the right direction. So from our perspective as a, as a local company, we're focusing on what can we do at a local level because we think the future is going to be all about having decentralized solutions, working with your local community and building that up and taking advantage of all of the resources that we have available in our local area and not setting ourselves up to be completely dependent on products coming from China or the price of fuel or, you know, it's, yeah. I mean, our end goal, my personal end goal, is to go for, you know, just a sustainable lifestyle that I can already see is going to be completely possible technologically. Um, to be 100% off-grid, grow your own food. Like, I'm fortunate, it takes resources to do that. Not everyone will be able to do that, but um, it's definitely going to be possible. The second part of the revolution is the conscious consumer. Whether you devote your whole life to the cause or just make some easy decisions to go straw-free next time you're grabbing a drink, it ultimately ends with a person. People have created this problem and hold the power to solve it. We just need to do it. Okay, so we're in the kitchen. So you can see that there are food in jars. And if you open up my pantry, everything is in jars. And so when these things are empty we just go back and get them refilled um there's a lot of washing up (laughs) when you live a zero waste lifestyle okay so i so i'm carla hooper and i go by the name of earth girl and i am really passionate about sustainable living but i have a specialist focus on waste as well and my journey has taken me to a point where my focus is on zero waste living in my life. So doing as much as I possibly can to put as little as possible into the rubbish bin, curbside rubbish bin, but also the recycling bin. So the waste industry is something that people just don't generally look at because they don't have to. You know, we have this really, really convenient system where we can put stuff in a curbside bin, it gets collected and we don't have to think about it again, or we can take it to a waste transfer station or landfill. And when you do look into the waste industry, it's really, really problematic. So for me, I used to work as an environmental officer for local government. And the first thing I did when I started that role was to implement recycling bins, curbside recycling bins in that community because I didn't have that at that point. And that's what made me go down the rabbit hole of looking into the waste industry because I just didn't know before then. Before that, I thought the solution was being a good recycler and making sure I put the right thing in the right bin. But now I understand that actually the waste industry is just problematic. 
there's there's actually so many different things with this. One is um, pollution, so pollution out in the environment, and there's many many different ways that that can get out into the oceans, into um, the streams, just generally in the environment. Even if you're doing the right thing, you know, sometimes you can be doing the right thing and you still get out there. The recycling industry is pretty problematic because there's no standardised system in Australia. That's one of the biggest problems is there can't be any one educational campaign because different businesses are doing, they have different facilities and they have different procedures. So you can only do education specifically for an area which is based on where that recycling ends up. So they're called material, they're called MRFs, material recovery facilities. And different suburbs go to different areas depending on the contractors. You know, so it has to make money and it has to be viable. And sometimes, um, yeah, sometimes it's not. Sometimes it's more viable to put things in the ground. And then there's whole issues around that as well. The fact that landfills are filling up and no one wants a landfill in their backyard. I don't think it's at anyone's fault. So, and I don't think it's purposeful. Most people genuinely want to do the right thing, but they are genuinely confused because the other thing that happens is the rules change. It's really tricky and no one really seems to have their act together within this industry. And why, like, you just don't have to look at it. Like, why would people look at it? You know, like people look at waste more when they get their rates and they get the bill. What I would call an epidemic, what I call an epidemic, is our reliance and our addiction on packaged convenience. That's what I think is an epidemic. And I see it like a disease to the health of humans and the environment. So with all the packaging that we use in our everyday lives to be able to function, there's a whole, whole range of issues that come with that. There's, it could be chemicals, food preservatives, um, even where that is sourced. So all plastic is sourced from within the oil and gas industry, and that's a non-renewable resource. You cannot avoid waste. You can't avoid packaging. Even if you buy things in bulk, it still comes in packaging. I have lots of animals. I, there is no solution currently for me to be able to go and get hay that isn't wrapped in a type of plastic for my horses. So yeah, I'm definitely contributing, um, but I feel like it's more, the solution is more about balance, doing what we can when we can, um, reducing our reliance, finding different ways. And because a lot of the solutions aren't new, they're what our grandparents did. They've just been a little bit lost. So I would say that the most exciting thing for me within this space is just having the conversation and that people are interested in this conversation. Like, I think if people are interested in even listening to this, you're doing your bit and people should feel really proud of that if they're even interested in this. The third and final part of this revolution is looking to the future. Keeping the conversation going beyond our current generations is vital and introducing these ideas early is the first step. There are new programs that are being run by schools, but before my own school adopts them, 
I thought I'd see how much our students know about recycling. To me, recycling is taking products that we can reuse and products that are valuable resources and using them again to make other products that we uh, don't already have. Yeah, when I'm putting stuff in the um, waste bin, I think about, oh, surely there's a better way to put these waste products into something, a product that can use such as um, fertiliser, manure, um, you know, other uh, meltdown materials and stuff like that. Uh, food scraps, some plastics, paper, cardboard and metal. For me, recycling is just that thing that is around. I don't really think about it much. Um, often uh, I see a recycling bin and a waste bin next to each other and even though something's recyclable, I'll still put it in the waste bin because I can't be bothered putting it in the recycling bin. I was able to sit down with my school principal, Mr. Andrew Watson, to discuss the new waste management program that was soon to be introduced into our school. I'm Andrew Watson, the principal of Mazenod College. Very much in all schools' thinkings through, throughout you know, the year and over the years is that what can we do to make our contribution to uh, sustainability and um, you know, looking after the environment and being good citizens and stewards of creation, I think. Schools can be big users of resources and not really realise the impact that they're having sometimes. So, you know, the old thing of act local, think, think global. You know, we've really got to continue to embrace that, even though that's been around for 20, 30 years in terms of its philosophy. So I think we've, um, we've reached a, yet another point where in society we, we really have to take stock and, and look at what we are trying to do to sustain resources, you know, because we're just always presented with visuals and examples of depleting, depleting resources and um, whether that be um, fresh water or whether that be um, you know, trees or anything like that, um, I think we have to sort of take stock of that, yeah. Well currently for a number of years we've been on a recycling program. It's a bit limited. It doesn't really extend to all parts of the school. So obviously in a lot of the areas that the teachers where they use a lot of um, consumables uh, there's recycling programs around that, you know, around the paper, cardboard. You, you'd know too that we've got a battery recycling um, program that we've been running for a period of time. Um, and uh, that also can pick up areas of phones and, and, and things like that that can be then taken to those depots. So we've got those happening in isolation, but I suppose getting it deeper into the college and into the area that happens out where most of the action is, that's, that's the next area of, um, of development, yeah. Well, it would look like using the technology that's available now in a lot of the waste management facilities around Perth, so that's really improved in the last few years because some of the sticking points in recent years has been, for a number of decades, Australians have committed to some form of recycling, um, but the capacity for um, systems and, and, and plants to be able to deal with that effectively is probably not there. So now we're quite aware that um, the plants and facilities and infrastructure is available and the technology is available to support it. The waste management systems or companies out there are very proactive now because you know, financially it means something to them and, and sustainable, the sustainable message is very important there too. So that's changed a lot and even those you know, really quality investigative pieces that, you know, things like War on Waste uh, and other programs, which really 
you know, make us stop and think about what we're doing and, and what is the sum of the action that we're doing at the moment. You know, what, what is the, um, what's the outcome in terms of just the volumes of waste that we are sending to you know, general waste and to, to, to tips and so on. Yeah. So I think the, the technology is allowing us to do something now. And um, I think the will is there yet again, probably after a bit of a dip. Well, it reinforces our college values, doesn't it? You know, we talk about respect and dignity you know, often. And firstly, as we should, we talk about the respect and dignity of the human, of the person. But surely that extends to our environment and our care of all those particular things, you know, both built and natural. So that, that lives out, you know, one of our values. Um, that sense of courage and passion, which you know we've been working on this year too. You know, look, we need to take courageous decisions, uh, and we need to be passionate about the things that we hold precious and dear. Um, so that's really important there too. Supermarkets have finally banned single-use bags, and are starting to understand that size doesn't matter when it comes to fruit and veg. Reusable coffee cups are becoming the trend, and are helping to reduce our waste. And shows like the ABC's War on Waste are keeping the conversation going. However, when it comes to waste, there are some big challenges on the horizon for our country. Ultimately, it falls on us. People. The companies and programs and initiatives that are solving these problems don't just happen. So now, it's over to you. The question is, do you want to be a part of the problem or the solution? POV is made and produced in Perth, Western Australia, and is brought to you by Millennial Studios. If you would like to stream the show, listen to previous episodes, or find out more on our guests or the show itself, head to our website. This is POV.org. Finally, thank you. As always, thank you for listening, for sharing, for being open to new perspectives, and being a part of the POV journey. I'm Kai Lovell. This has been POV. POV.